Everybody, before I get started, I just want to warn those who are listening that the um, episode will be about some kind of sensitive subject material, and that some may find inappropriate for me to have this lighthearted approach about it. I mean, no disrespect. I am diagnosed with major depressive disorder and borderline personality disorder. I live this. I experience it. I've been through it. And I do not promote anything. I do not mean any offense to anybody. I don't mean this in a harsh, terrible way. I'm not poking fun at anybody. I'm not dragging anybody down or trying to be offensive. But with that said, this is a subject that could be very well not appreciated to be talking about and joking about in the lighthearted nature that I'm about to do. So with that said, um, I passed a church that said, uh, don't be amazing. Or no, it said, uh, don't be perfect, just be amazing. And um, I guess this is a quote from Jesus because that's where Jesus lives in the church. But I don't have to worry about that because I am both perfect and amazing at the same time. And even though I am perfect and amazing at the exact same time, um, I am going through one of the hardest times in my entire life right now. I'm going to, you know, be uh, real here and serious. Um, I have um, come to the point where I am in therapy. I am doing my own therapy. I am doing my best to get serious about everything in my life, um, I have lost tremendously. I am in a lot of pain. I am struggling. I am proud of how far I come because what I am doing is effective and I'm sticking to it. I am committing to getting better and correcting behaviors that had hurt people. And I, I hurt people. I ruined things. Depression did not. I did things in depression that ruined things in my life, good things, great things, and I am responsible for those actions. I am paying the price. I am suffering very, very terribly right now. I am not in a good place, and uh, every day I think about it, I've got the good and the proud, and that I'm actually progressing, and I have had this breakthrough, and I've got the bad feelings colliding with it, and it's a big, huge struggle, and um I think humor is a good way to maybe, you know, fight back against anything that's still struggling to be fixed or anything that's holding me back. And I am on the right path. And anybody out there listening who has been a part of this and you know who you are, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all your support. I have a handful of people that, you know, have known me for so long and have been through this whole situation. And um, I can't thank you enough for never losing sight of me, um, for believing in me, for enduring the frustration when um, 
and hurt when depression would change who I am and who you loved and cared about and turned me into a different person and for never losing sight of me and being here in this moment where I can say that I'm actually taking action and I'm doing it for the first time in my life I am very happy that you all get to be a part of that and you get to share in that and um I thank you all so much for everything that you've done for me. And uh, with that said, um, I do have people questioning me about certain things. Um, like, am I suicidal? Um, am I safe? Uh, do I like tacos enough to remain alive? Uh, yeah, I am suicidal. Um, that comes with my fucking illness here. And it's kind of like asking a depressed person if they're suicidal is like asking an anorexic if they're hungry. And of course, but, but neither are going to be honest about it. And, um, another plan that I have is, or another question rather is, um, do I have a plan? And yes, I have a plan. I want to die when these moments come, when these moments arise, when these feelings come on too strong. Uh, my plan is to die uh, right fucking now in the moment of the um, thoughts that are, are getting too intense. Um, I don't need blueprints or preparation for that shit. I'm a suicidal, not a contractor or fucking football coach you know it's it's you know give me a break a little bit here i mean there's there's pills there's there's rope there's knives there's household items sometimes even guns are a household item in some homes who has the time to be coming up with a plan of action here you know this is this is suicide it's not chest you could follow you could swallow the fucking tv remote you could you could call a drug dealer and overdose it's really not that hard to die people do it by accident for fuck's sakes and I failed at suicide because I'm an idiot back in 2006. And I, I opened my mouth and I told people. And guilt was my downfall. Straight up, I'll be honest about that. Guilt left me alive. Um, I used guilt with, well, I used the suicide attempt as guilt. And that got me caught. And it made me realize, you know, if you want to kill yourself, you, you don't go around telling everybody, especially loved ones or, you know, fucking crisis workers. They'll really fuck up your plans. Believe me. Um, nobody knows suicide like me. I, I know more about suicide than suicide knows about suicide. Believe me. And uh, many people who are in this situation, they always seem to do notes. Many of them do suicide notes. And I think that's kind of a waste of time in a logical aspect. You know, you sit there and you're like, oh, I should probably write a note, but but why? Why? I mean, if people find me hanging from a swing set, they won't think fucking Boy Scouts put me there. They're going to kind of clue in, you know? Writing suicide notes to explain, like, how unhappy you are, like, fuck, man. The other half of your head in the bedroom tells a story of unhappiness better than any note can. And all that time that you take writing the note, you could have already had it done. You could have been done with your pain. You, you really... Do you really think people want to read shit about, like, your suicide? Honestly, you know, with, like, things like, Tell Mary I'll always love her and feed my dogs and tell them I love them too. 
Boner and I don't know what you name dogs like Chuck. I don't know. But really, you're giving tasks to these people. You can just incorporate that in the note. Like, I love you, Mary. I love you, Boner and Chuck. I these people can't they can't be held responsible for relaying messages for you. They've, they've just been through a fucking traumatic experience here. And I know you no longer have a head, but shit. Have a heart. Okay, this is the last thing that these people need, you know, after finding a body of a loved one. This is the last thing they need. And and they'll be too busy blaming themselves for any of that shit anyway. So just uh, make a goddamn suicide movie or something and, and edit it. Put some fucking effort into it. Pack a punch. You know, have deleted scenes. You know, put some fucking effort into it uh, leave, leave a dvd on the coffee table with a pack of microwave popcorn so the people can sit and eat the popcorn and watch a movie as a family that you're no longer a part of i mean reel the fuck up here i never i understood the whole concept of ridding the pain and although i don't necessarily agree with the uh you know, the, the motive and everything. I mean, I don't think it's selfish. Most people say that that's selfish. How could they do that to me? That's selfish. And who's being the selfish one here? They're the ones that ended their lives, which, you know, they could have done something differently and they could have got help or reached out. And you're sitting there saying how bad it is that it affects you calling them selfish i don't know who's a selfish one i don't know maybe both parties maybe both parties but i don't think it's selfish i think it's it's a human nature um you want to eat nobody wants to hurt you know nobody nobody wants to hurt unless unless you like pain then then you want to hurt but generally nobody really wants to hurt and the surefire way to do that is to just end it all and die which is a very sad reality. And um, I understand that as a human being, if you came across two paths, one to the left, one to the right, and one was like paved and swept and had like sun shining and, you know, midgets and balloons and everything on the trail. And then there was this one with it was dark and wet and muddy and twiggy and there were snakes and shit. You're going to go to the balloons and midgets path because it's easy and it's enjoyable. And that's taking the easy way. Anybody would do it. But in this subject matter, it's kind of a touchy situation here. Um, I don't believe that suicide is an answer because being a atheist myself, believing in pretty much that this is it after you die... Um, that's it. That's nothing. Uh, though I believe that I can't wrap my head around nothing. So it's like... I'm also human. And I could be wrong. Just like... Now I know religious people don't want to hear this. But uh, just like religious people could be wrong. Could be right. I mean, that's why I don't debate religion. Um, I personally don't believe in a god and all that stuff. But... Um, it's a 50-50 chance. The reality of it is nobody knows. Nobody knows what comes after death. The only people 
that know that are the people who have died and they can't come back and report. So if there is a God or whatever you believe in, then that's a possibility. That's whatever. But there's also a possibility of nothing. So that's a, it's a 50-50 shot here. And that's why I don't argue about religion and the existence of this and that. I just kind of go about my way and keep my religion of nothingness, I guess, to myself. And um, I do harass people who like to preach at me, but I have no problem with people having a religion. I have no problem with people of faith. I have no problem with spirituality. I have a problem with psychics because it's bullshit. But I have acceptance towards people who have this way of thinking. I also believe that faith saves and religion kills. Even though faith isn't for me, a faith in anything, you're not killing people over it because they don't have the same faith. But religion, I think religion could have been a good thing. It's just we fucked it up. We fucked it up. Um, that's what we do as human beings. We, we, we fuck things up. And um, with that said, I don't really know... I, be, I know what I believe, but I don't know what I believe to be true. So as fucked up as this is, as fucked up as this life is, as painful as this life is, I get this, you know. And I don't know that it's going to stop the pain. I also don't know that, that living life and um, progress and making changes and bettering yourself, I don't know that that's going to, you know, stop my pain either. So I don't know nothing, really. So I looked at suicide as a different way or as a different thing when I had lost people to suicide that I cared about and when I almost lost people to suicide. And I don't think they're selfish. I'm not mad at them. I do not blame myself for um, things that I could have done that I didn't know about. Um... I'm not going to lie that it's not hard. Um, it's not painful. It, there, there is anger attached to it. Um, maybe in that selfish way, but more so angry at the fact that depression and illness could take one of the people in my life that I cared about. And it took one of the people who were telling me that if you ever need anything, you can come to me. And they always had my back. And it's like, that's where the guilt comes in. That's where everything comes in. That's what I try to reason with and avoid because I do have depression. And it'll put me in that fucking bad place. They made the choice to do it. Um, being in that situation myself, nobody could talk me out of my attempt. Um, no matter what they said, no matter how... Um, supportive they were so I can't blame myself I can't feel guilty but I can be pissed off at illness I can be pissed off at addiction I can be pissed off at what brought them down and what ate at them to take away a friend to take away somebody that I cared about and somebody that I thought the world of you know And it's, it's depression is kind of a shitty, shitty thing because if you look at it logically, it's, it's weak. It's a, it's a very weak disease. 
if you want to call it a disease. The only time it becomes a disease is it just it keeps coming back and back and you can't get rid of it and the symptoms plague you. It's the only way it's a disease. Other than that, it's just a, it's a, it's a defect or a character flaw or whatever you want to call it. There's no cure for it. There's no... It's, it's weak if you look at it. And anything that you do, whether it's talking to friends, doing comedy, laughing at it, um, music, um, therapy, medication, um, talking to support groups, even diet, and even going for a walk. Going for a walk or getting exercise or getting out and doing things is enough to battle this this fucking illness. When you can go out and do things or you can go for a walk or whatever and that hurts it, that's a fucking weak, weak disease when you think about it. And as weak as this disease is, it is strong enough to claim lives, which is the scary thing about it. it is, it's very, very scary. And it ends up with people feeling that they have no way out. Because it hangs on and it kicks you when you're down and it feeds off of what you're feeling. All it needs is one little shit thing to happen. One little like traumatic experience, anything. And it can latch on to anxiety, it can latch on to everyday life, it can latch on to seasons. It can latch on to post-traumatic stress disorder. It can latch on to old age. It can fucking latch on to anything. It's like a leech. And I, I hate it. And I'm pissed off at it. And it leads people to, um, to write these notes to end their lives. And I think if you could laugh at it, um, it's telling you know, it's telling it, you know, you're doing a shitty job. Your job is to make somebody feel sad, lonely, bummed out, anxious for every day of their life, every moment of their life. And then when you can go do things and you can escape that for even just a minute, that's a big fuck you to it. And it's not doing its job well. And everybody has the strength to move on. Everybody has the strength to get through it. Um, it seems... I know that's cliche to say. Uh, it seems that way. That it's never going to get better. Because you always have the negative that stands out more. It hurts more. It has more of an impact than positive things in humans. For some reasons. Like we're hardwired to be negative and to to dwell on the past of shit things and everybody tries to help you and tell you to let go of the past and let go of the past just stop dwelling on the past and live now and be happy and the glass is not half full it's half empty it's, it's, it's a lot of bullshit um, you can't bullshit yourselves into feeling happy you can't bullshit yourself into not feeling pain you feel what you feel and it doesn't matter if your glass is half empty or half full you just gotta keep something in that cup 
okay? And um, I say that because I didn't learn this from a textbook. I, I live this. Um, this is what I know. I've been so low that I've put a razor to my wrist and I didn't feel anything. I've, I've been there. I've been there in different circumstances. I have different reasons um, with the same illness. And um, I find that fascinating, the, the psyche of it, that if um, you have a cold or something, everybody gets colds. And they use like Vicks and fucking NyQuil and all that shit. And cancer, they do the same treatments. But with mental illness, something works for somebody that doesn't work for somebody else. Meds work for one person where counseling works for another. And the person taking the meds doesn't, you know, respond to the uh, counseling. Some do both psychotherapy and the cognitive shit. That was um, my route. You know, and some people can just do it. But some people can't. And it brings into this whole... <sighs> Ending their life in suicide notes. And I don't understand why it's all... Why just notes? I never understood the notes. I understand the, the meaning behind doing it. But I don't understand what, what the notes are all about. And I don't understand why suicide is strictly explained through notes or letters. or There's no, there's no suicide songs. No, there isn't, you know. And if there are, though, those they... You know, those songs, they're, they're considered as signs that everybody fucking overlooked or missed, right? Uh, there's no suicide plays. You know, you can't get your friends together and get them involved in this shit. I mean, if you have time for planning, you certainly have time for a play rehearsal, right? And what about suicide skywriters? Like, you know, those planes, and you send a message to the people that you want to know as you send them out on a picnic and you buy all the shit for them, all their Pepsis and Cokes and shit and tuna sandwiches and you send them out on a picnic and you know, you buy all that shit and you'd be nice because it's not like you're going to need money anymore. And then you hire a skywriter to write whatever you want. I'm dead. Your fault. You're a picnic. I'm out. And uh, suicide is, is probably, it is very confusing for those who are left behind so why not confuse them more? Why not have them wonder why you sent them out on a picnic without fucking Fig Newtons and why you hired a skywriting plane to relay this message for you? I always wondered that. Why the notes? But, um... I've spent my whole life trying to laugh at depression. I know when to laugh at it. Um, I know when to poke fun at it. Because that's kind of a... It's a big fuck you to it. And there's more mental illness than anything nowadays. And everybody you know has a mental illness. Someone you may not even know. Everybody's got the struggles. Everybody's got their own pain and everybody's got their own shit going on. And a lot of the therapy that I was involving myself in or the, a lot of the um, therapy and advice that I was trying to involve myself in was just, just think positive. 
and that didn't really work for me because I've been involved with some people who um, are conditioned and one of them I did condition myself. I added more condition to them. And um, if you're told you're something every day over and over again, you're going to start to believe it. And that's just fact. If you're told you're a piece of shit day in, day out, or you're ugly day in, day out, you're going to start to believe it. But also, if you tell yourself, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm okay when you're not, and you tell yourself that every day and you replace these negative thoughts with the positive, you don't face them head on, you just put a coat of paint over them, but underneath, they're still there. And that paint's going to wear. And that's where all this I'm fine shit comes from. That people don't want to actually talk about their problems. People don't want to open up. No, I'm, I'm fine. People think they're a burden on people. Because everything has to be positive all the time. Every time. Even going out to restaurants, you have to have a positive experience. You have, as human beings, we all want this positive shit we all have this craving for positive but the truth of the matter is there's pain in life there's negative shit that's going to happen and we can't just cover it up with positivity and bullshit ourselves into thinking that some things aren't hurting us when they are and then they eat inside and then you end up claiming your life and nobody knows about it and it's sad and it's 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 a scary reality and i hate it and um i don't want the positive thinking I've accepted that the negative thoughts I accepted that they've hurt I've accepted that I hurt people I've owned my own shit which I've never really done before I've always been aware of it but I've never really owned it and said you know what I take responsibility for what I did and I'm sorry for what I did and the thing about depression is, is it's so stupid it um it actually made me there's two people in my life that I've hurt the most and I never said I'm sorry. And they told, they both told me that, you know, it would have been nice to hear an I'm sorry, right? And in the in the depression, before I got to the point where I am now, I used to say, I'm not going to say sorry. Depression is who I am. And I'm going to do it again. So I'm not going to apologize for something that's going to happen again. Because I want to mean it. And I pat myself on the back for being sincere. And I'm this nice fucking guy that I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Because I'm going to do it again. And you're going to stand for it. Because you love me and you're not going to walk away. You haven't. And that's a form of emotional abuse. And that's a very big slap in the face. And when I got to the point where I realized depression is a part of me. Um, it's it's not who I am. I call the fucking shots. This is my life. I looked back on what I did and I apologized for everything that I could remember that I did. And I said, I'm sorry. And I mean it. And it's not going to happen again. And depression doesn't have a say in that. I choose to not have it happen again. And it's been four months that I haven't deliberately hurt anybody. I haven't gone into defense mode. Pat myself on the back for being honest. That's how stupid depression is. That's, that's moronic. That's illogical. That's overlooking something that was ruining my entire life.
I was overlooking this behavior. And then I'd realize I didn't like hurting people. It never felt good when I knew I did it, but I never saw it as a form of emotional abuse. I never did that because I hate abusers. That's not something I stand for. I knew that it hurt and I felt bad about the hurt, but I didn't, I was honestly unaware of the damage that I was doing. And hurt's gonna happen, I accept that, but damage is not necessary at all because it goes against what I value. I value these people. I don't want to hurt these people. I don't want to hurt anybody who doesn't deserve it. I'll protect myself if I have to. But these people showed me nothing but love and respect and I did this and I overlooked it. Oh, it's just depression. That's what I said. It's, it's depression. I'm over it. Let's keep going. I never really allowed them to talk about it. I never let them voice their opinions. I don't want to talk about it. It's in the past. Why dwell on the negative? We have something good going now. And that's that positive shit replacing it. That was my coat of paint. That was my fucking coat of paint. And it peeled away and I saw what was underneath. And it killed me inside. I was fighting the depression. And if it was me, then I was fighting myself. And I can't kick my own ass. And people say you can't beat yourself up for something you did. But uh, these people are important to me. I've proved it. And there was a threat from abuse from one of them. And I stood in his fucking face. And I stood up for what I believed in. And I protected them. I protected these people. So why do I have to excuse myself when I did the same thing? Just because I can't stand it in my own face. I let depression get to them. So I thought. It was the abuse that I let get to them. I let it go right by me and have at them and attack them. Through me. And that's a horrible, horrible thing to think about. That's a horrible thing to realize. And that's a hard thing for me to admit that I did. But unless I admitted it and unless I came to terms with it, I would never be able to apologize and I was never going to be able to stop hurting people. Ever. Which is something I didn't enjoy doing. And I separated the defense, the depression and the defense. The abuse stemmed from the defense and the defense was done in the depression. I separated all three of them. I looked depression right in the face as if it was a person that I stood up for. That was trying to attack that person I was standing up for. Me. And I said, look, motherfucker, if you want this, you're going to have to get it over my dead body. I'm better than you. I'm stronger than you. And people fucking like me. I'm not letting you fuck that up anymore. Get the fuck out of their lives. You can come around. You can do your little job of making me feel sad and low and feel good about that. But when it comes to attacking the people that I love, get the fuck out of my life. Get the fuck out of their life. I'm not tolerating this bullshit anymore. I've had enough. And I got to that point. And I'm four months clean, so to speak, of hurting people. And I'm very proud of that. Um, I realized that it was the defense in the depression that the abuse was able to go through.
And I look at it now and how dumb it was. You know, you always look back and you say, it's dumb. I lost this over nothing. And the fact that I did it within the first week, I started to improve drastically. Every little thing that I learned, I got to put into play immediately in natural situations. And I was doing it and I built the confidence. Four months really isn't that long time. Back then, a week isn't a long time. It was three days at one point. Three days is nothing, but it's big. For somebody that was doing it daily, like I was, to people that I love, five seconds is a personal victory. And that's where I came in to do it for me. They all say, do it for me, don't worry about everybody else, but I was affecting other people. So I gotta do it for me. And I want people to know that they're not wrong about seeing who I really am. I have to prove them right. This is who you saw, and this is who I am. I'm gonna stand by it. I'm done fucking around. Because I have the confidence to do so. I did it once for five seconds. So then I was like, I'm gonna do it for a minute. And I'm gonna do it for a fucking hour. I'm gonna do it for a day. I'm gonna do it for a week. I'm gonna do it for a month. I did it once, I'm gonna do it twice. I'm doing it three times and I was successful. And I was fucking ready to go. There's a fine line when it comes to, I crave it now. Once I did all this and I was so scared, I was so scared at first. I was like, this is a habit that I'm in and it's hard to break. Habits are hard to break. I know this. And this, this, this is going to be so fucking hard and I can't do this. And what if I do this? What if I do that? And that's like going out and driving when you have anxiety and thinking, I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash. You're likely to make mistakes. So I said, I'm going to fall back. I'm going to slip. I'm going to have shitty moments. But I'm doing this for me. So my shitty moments... They only have to make me feel shitty because this is for me. I don't have to attack other people. That's one thing I cannot do. But I can slip. I can be low. I can be sad. I could be upset. I can use my supports for self-expression. And that's okay. It's all a part of it. But when I attack them, that's something I can't do. And once I allowed myself to do that, the attacking thing, the thoughts went away. I didn't want to react. I didn't want to be this emotional fucking abuser that I hate. I became what I hated. I became my father. I watched my mother go through it and I put some on her too. And I've been able to apologize to her and I've been able to apologize to other people and it feels fucking good. And uh, it feels so much better that I said sorry and I'm putting meaning to those words by taking action and being committed to following through with those actions and meaning what I say. Because I always said that if I'm going to say something, I got to mean it. I can't just blow air. Can't be one of those fucking guys. So I did it. And I separated the, the fucking things from... And it was a hard journey getting there. But once I eliminated that and I wasn't so scared anymore, it was so easy. And then in depression, my mind goes to, look at how easy this is. I couldn't 
have fucked up my life. I could have just did this had I seen it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it as a form of abuse. I didn't see it. What the fuck is wrong with me? And I'll battle those. You gotta believe in yourself and tell yourself, you know, you're not a fucking shitty person. What I did was shitty, but I'm generally not a shitty person. But I can't go on saying, I'm a good person, I'm this and that. Because in society, people tell you to do that, but then there's a fine line there too. Because once you get too confident, it, it, it comes into other conditions called, you know, self-absorbed, narcissistic, selfish. So no wonder we have no fucking idea what we're doing. If we're confident and we believe in ourselves and stuff, we come off as arrogant and pricks. If not, we come off as bummers that need to be, you know, more into loving who we are and being confident. And that, that's a hard thing to deal with. It's been a struggle and I'm proud to say that I'm doing it. I have the thoughts of how easy it was, but it was hard to get to this point. I don't look at this now as a progress. I look at this as the breakthrough. This was the breakthrough of all the progress I was making over all the years. And it was little by little. And there was just this one big factor that I couldn't get a grip on. I couldn't wrap my head around happiness. I had it all, you guys. I had a great life. And I couldn't wrap my head around that. I said to myself I deserve it, but I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it because I was doing all these shitty actions and I didn't know why. And I was hurting because I was hurting other people. And it's like, this isn't really who I am. I deserve happy, but I didn't believe it. And I believe it now. I believe that I do deserve happy, but I got to fucking earn it. I got to keep it. I gotta embrace it. I gotta enjoy it. I can't cover shit up with positive. I can't cover shit up with negative either. If it's positive, I'm allowed to enjoy it. It is what it is. It's just exactly the same as a negative thought. The only problem with thoughts is how they make you feel. That's when they, pro they pose problems. Let go of the past, let go of the past. But I believe the past, where you came from, gets you where you're going. And it's always the negative shit. You know, you gotta let go of that. If somebody hurts you in the past, you don't have to let go of that. You can forgive them, you don't have to forget. You don't have to have that kindness. You're allowed to hate. You're allowed to hold grudges. You're, you know... But if it's fucking up your life, man, most of the time if you hate somebody, you don't deal with them. So you got to kind of do the same thing. I realized I got to do the same thing with the happy people in my life, the good people in my life. I've got to look at love the same way I look at hate because I hate strongly. I'm going to tell you, it takes a lot for me to get there. But if I hate you, I got reason, and that's a strong hate that doesn't go away. Like if you 
fuck me around or do something that I disapprove of or fuck with my morals. I will hate you and that's it. I just let it go. I don't constantly hound you. I don't stalk you. I don't constantly put that hate on them. The people that I hate. So why couldn't I just love the same way? I love you. That's it. I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to show you that. And you're going to feel that it's there. It's not a big thing. I don't have to keep doing it. I don't have to stress it. I don't have to do anything like that. I just have to accept it. Make room for it. Thoughts are just thoughts, whether they're positive or negative. They always tell you to let go of the past. But if it's a good memory, they always say, remember it doesn't make any sense. It's the same thing. They're just thoughts. And the only time that thoughts have any impact on you is when you feel what those thoughts make you feel. And that's something that we don't have control over. If we feel angry, if something makes us angry, we can't feel anything but angry. We can't control that. We can't be like, well, I'm going to feel happy about it. That's not a choice. But the way you react to it is a choice. What you say is a choice. How you choose to go about it is a choice. As depressed as you are, it's a choice. As low as you are, as fucked up as you are, and it's it's a hard thing to do because when you're in anger, you just you know it's off the cuff. Fuck you is as easy as I love you. You don't hold back with I love you, you know, because you're in love and you're and happy and you're feeling good and it's just kind of just right off the fucking cuff. Like you look at someone and I love you. And then you're angry. It's like, just fuck you. It's the same thing. It's like, thank you, which I believe are the two most powerful words in the English language. Thank you can change a life. I'm a firm believer in that. They have more impact on you than fuck you, you're a stupid asshole. I hear fuck you, you're a stupid asshole so many times it's lost all meaning. So uh, the point is we all struggle and we all choose our actions. We have a choice over our actions and I never believed that before. I never believed that. I am depression, depression is going to do what depression does. But it's never, what am I going to do? How come I don't get to do what I want to do? How come I'm not going to do what I'm going to do? Depression can have its say. But it's to the point now where it's like the, the thoughts aren't even there. Because I've taken over. <sighs> you know? I'm not depression. Depression is me. It chose me. And I'm proud to say that now, at this point in my life, it chose the wrong fucking guy. If it wants to be around, it can make me low, but I'm not. I'm not going to fuck up anything in my life because of it. I'm not going to let it get defensive. I'm not going to let it bring its buddies in. This is one-on-one.
And when it's one-on-one, I'm stronger, I'm better. And I will succeed. It's tough getting there, and I'm hurting pretty bad. Because it's in the now. It's the biggest problem, that the past is the past. But it can creep up in the now and make you hurt in the now. The thought of the future can come back and hurt in the now. Life is just a mere series of moments. And it's pain and it's ugly. But you find things about it that are beautiful to you. And there's moments that when you do feel good, that's the happiness, is these moments. And sometimes it seems like these moments are few and far between. And appreciating what you do have instead of dwelling on what you don't have or what you lost. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to deal with the grief. It's a hard thing to deal with. But it is possible. And for once in my life, depression's not me, man. For once in my life, I'm standing up to it. And I've said that a zillion times. But for once in my life, for once in my life, I've said that. And I've got actions to prove it. And I'm damn proud of that. And if there's anybody out there that's listening, that's 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 struggling, I can't tell you what to do. Just because I have depression doesn't mean I have, you know, the answers. I'm not going to throw that you're not alone shit on you. Because I'm not alone. But I feel alone. So I know all about that. If you're missing one particular person, everybody else, it doesn't matter that you're not alone. You're missing that one particular person. They're not them. That is a hard thing to deal with. But in a sense, when it comes to struggling, you're not alone. There's a lot of people with shit going on. And they're all on the same team. They're all fighting the same thing. And I can't tell anybody never to give up. I can only ask them to not give up. Comes in with the selfish thing, but I mean, everybody is nothing. And I believe that. That everybody on this planet is absolutely nothing. Until they come in contact with people that they love. And people that love them and they care about. That's where my self-worth came from. If I lived under a rock in a cave, I wouldn't know anything about self-worth. I wouldn't know anything about myself. It's from what other people have endured. It's from what other people have told me. It's what other people see. It's what I show other people. I'm not saying that we're all nothing and it's a bad thing. But if you think about it this way, if you're going through the obituaries in a newspaper and you're like, okay, 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 and you're skipping over people and then you find somebody that you know 
Somebody that you used to know. Somebody that meant something to you. You read that and you get that feeling that, oh shit. You get emotional. It hurts. But just remember this. That exact person that you're sitting there reading the obituary about their families and, and their life. And when they died and, and you're feeling all this pain and sorrow and everything. Somebody else is passing right by that obituary onto the next one. Just like all the people you passed in the obituaries. Somebody else is affected by that. So we are all nothing. Once you mean something to somebody, one person, that all makes us something. Something to someone. And that's what makes your life matter. And that's what makes your life priceless. Everybody is priceless. You can't put a price on it. You cannot be replaced. There's only one you. So you're all fucking priceless. And that's coming from somebody who's in a very, very shitty, hopeful, or hopeless, actually, hopeless situation with a lot of negative views on myself, on life. Feeling helpless and hopeless and hurting so bad to just want to make it stop at times. That's who this is coming from. Everybody is something to someone. So, yeah. I'm sorry that this is a comedy podcast and that there wasn't very many jokes or anything really to laugh about. There wasn't my my rage and my exaggeration and sarcasm that I usually use. But this is something that means a lot to me. This is something that I wanted to express. This is something that I wanted to rage about and vent about and rant about. It's something that's important to me. It's something that's been dragging me down. And without this, I wouldn't appreciate people laughing. I wouldn't appreciate people enjoying things that I say and getting a smile. Because when... I can make somebody smile just for that split second they're not thinking about everything else that's bringing them down and I can turn back and have this shit-eating grin to depression and be like <laughs> yeah that's what I thought look at that I made them smile fuck you I've watched best friends battle addiction an addiction is, is something I do not know anything about. I've never been there. I've seen what it does. But when I watched one of my best friends go through it and I never gave up, they thanked me when they finally got redemption. They thanked me for all I did. They thanked me for all my support. And I shrugged it off and I was like, whatever. I didn't do this for a reward, you know? I didn't do this for you to make it up to me. It was nothing, it was no big deal. I did it because that's what I was taught a friend does. I only saw them 
and the addiction was the struggle. But a part of the recovery program was they had to kind of make amends to me. And they had to ask if there's anything I could do. And I, did, I, I said I didn't do this for a reward. And I stand by that to this day that I didn't do it for a reward. And I said, don't worry about it. Don't thank me. I didn't do this for a reward. But I got rewarded anyways because I got my friend back. I've got all these people that are looking at them like they're a waste. And I was known as, you know, that person's friend. Oh, there's that person's friend. And I didn't care. Because if they knew the person that's inside that struggle for five fucking seconds, they would know damn well why I'm that person's friend. Because that person is a good person and I love them to death. I would take a bullet for them. And it was hard. It was hard to watch that and be so helpless seeing pain in their eyes because I knew nothing about addiction. I had no place. And when they finally did it, my ego took over. <laughs> of course, you said you were gonna, <laughs> and you did. I'm always right, what the fuck are you talking about? I knew you we were gonna do it. I never doubted you for a second, because I'm always right. But it was very hard. Not knowing what to do. And then when they finally did it and they started helping other people. I allowed myself to have that pride in them. I was very proud of them. I was very proud of them. I was proud to even be a part of their lives. Even to know them. I really didn't care about how much I helped them. I was proud that they did it. And now that I accept the thanks, because I know I did a lot, and they're doing it for me right now. And they're supporting me. And they're not doing it for a reward. They're extremely patient. And they're not losing sight of me. And they're hurting because I'm struggling. And they've got this same helpless feeling when they see pain in my eyes that I did with them. And I understand it. And I get it. And I feel it and I appreciate it and I say thank you to them and it's like, it's no big deal. <laughs> it really is. It really is a big deal. It means so fucking much and that's what I did and When they did all this, I had this envy because I knew I wanted to get better. It was like they were, they were a thorn in my life. Not because of their struggle. It was after they got better. So I was like, they're doing so well. And I'm so proud of them. Why can't I do this? I'm inspired by this. This is an inspiration. Why can't I just take this and run with it? It's a different thing, but it's... Struggle is struggle. And anyways, 
I'm on the right path, and I'm going to keep going. And if there's anybody out there that's struggling, I hope you do too. And I wish you all success, and I wish you all happiness. And we'll get back to the laughter. Thank you for listening.